0: Hey, y'all. Woo. So,
1: yes, we stopped doing this for a little bit, but we back with mm-hmm. it, with this energy. We <laughs> we have collaborations to announce. We do. So, yes. Yeah, so, luckily, we've had the fortune of being on a few other podcasts recently. We wanted to make sure that you all knew about it so that, you know, you can check them out and support these other other podcasts on the scene. So, so I'll start yeah. by talking about a collaboration we did recently with a show called Carefree Black Nerd, where we talked to the host, Rain, about a show called... We Are Who We Are, which was on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a coming of age story that follows these teens that live on these like American teens that live on this like Italian, I guess, army base. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like them coming to terms with like who they are, understanding their identities, like relating to each other, love, breakup, things like that. Um, and just kind of the dynamics going on and Shao when I tell you it's. Intense. it's some shit going mm-hmm. on on this base um it's really really interesting really amazing exploration of like queer and trans identity and like it's just such a like amazing just i'm like still uh, i'm clearly i really love the show a lot um so yeah we talked about it with rain had all the feelings had all the thoughts mm-hmm. um rain edited the show beautifully like like yeah had actual clips and like I was like, oh, so you like know how to edit? Okay, cool. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Like I listened to it, and I was like, oh, so I mean, we're editing, but he's like editing, editing. like capital E yeah. editing. So you, yeah, just check it out. It was a really, really good episode. Rain is dope. Definitely check out Carefree Black Nerd as well. And and yeah,
0: yeah, Rain is really great. It was really fun to record that episode. Like I just, it was great conversation, a lot of good laughs. So if you're in for a laugh and also a deep, you know, d- delve into your teenage angst. Oof. <laughs> Um, but we bring you back up, you know. Yeah. Speaking of angst, we also read Black Top <laughs> Wasteland by S.A. Cosby with Shelf Addiction, and the two mm-hmm. hosts. Tamara and Classy, who are so awesome and lovely. And mm-hmm. it show felt so much like doing an actual book club with, you yeah. know, when you're in person and someone brings snacks and there's wine and all that. <laughs> it was, But we did it all. It, we did it all virtually, you know. Yes. Um, but, but it was so much fun and it was great. And we had a really deep discussions and conversations and then you know we did a little book swap so they came on our show as well mm-hmm. so and
1: that'll be coming out next week that episode our collaboration with them yep yep, yep or yep. I guess in two weeks to the next the next episode yes
0: <laughs> Yo, yeah, so, you know, you're you're listening to Mexican Gothic part one right now I, I assume and so he'll be in Mexican Gothic <laughs> part two <laughs> this is Akko from the past telling you in the future okay not so... us falling
1: apart in the <laughs> intro <laughs>
0: But anyway, y'all, I mean, I don't know, stay colorful, we'll see you around, and uh, let's get into it.
1: Sounds good. (laughs) See y'all. Hey, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome to the
0: Colored Pages Book Club, Mm. a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and... And... Magical realism. You got it. Yep, yep. There was a surprise there, but there wasn't. <laughs> <Ridden> same by... <laughs> shit. Just... <laughs> Truly the same. One day people are going to be like, do you guys do nonfiction? We'll be like, <gasps> perhaps. perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> but uh. what we will know is that all of them are written by writers from colorful backgrounds.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Yes. D- Delicious. Yes. Colorful background. And, um, yeah. And today, actually. So we're going to be going from like a historic detective mystery to like a historic, like mystery horror moment. I know it's not no Halloween, but here we are doing the damn thing. Um, We're going to be talking about Akko's pick today called Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Akko, do you have any details about this author that you would like to share, share with the children?
0: I do, Marcy. (laughs) Oh my god, so Sylvia Moreno (laughs) (laughs) guys, Sylvia's going to be like, what, I just... (laughs) Truly how
1: dare y'all, disrespect (laughs) me like this.
0: But she describes herself as Mexican by birth, Canadian by inclination. Mm -hmm. She is the best-selling author of Mexican Gothic, which we will be reading today, Mm -hmm. Gods of Jade and Shadow, Certain Dark Things, Untamed Shores, and a bunch of other books.
1: Ooh, go off.
0: I know, she also edited several anthologies, I'm like, ooh, an anthology. Um, right including the world fantasy award winning she walks in shadows mm-hmm. she also co-edited the horror magazine the dog with sean wallace <laughs> from
1: 2017 <laughs> to
0: 2020 so you know your girl knows her horror like she's not a place she's an uh you know uh, like
1: is true to this like ain't new to right. nothing like right. <laughs> this is her field of study
0: like like lady listen, knows what she's doing come on Uh, when she's not doing horror or maybe while she's doing horror, she's also a columnist. (laughs) Columnist? She's a columnist Mm -hmm. for the Washington Post and reviews books for NPR. Okay,
1: so like, actually go the fuck off though. Yeah. Like, actually be lit. Like, what? (laughs) It's like, that's amazing. Also too, we definitely read um, one of her short stories when we talked about, oh my God, what was that called? The Nisi Shawl anthology from last summer. Really? Which one did we read? The Speculative Fiction by People of Color. She, I think she was the one who wrote the it was like something, something. My wings, oh sister. It was the story about that woman who like had these cannibalistic urges. Oh, on
0: the train, on, on the, the train, subway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She wrote that. Oh, that one was good. It that was shit dark. Oh, it was.
1: It was. Yeah, that was like. Oh, so fuck.
0: Yeah. There you go, y'all. Yeah. You can go listen to our old episodes and hear more about Sylvia, or you can listen to this episode and hear more here, or <laughs> both. Sure. <Shit>. Or both. <laughs> and Never met both. So. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh my gosh. But, um, speaking of both, <laughs> 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 I have a correction
1: and a question. Oh!
0: I uh, 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 okay, thought so it s- was a joke, s- but there we
1: go. Uh, wow. Um, okay, so th- that moment <laughs> from earlier, foreshadowing. Didn't even know it while it was happening. <laughs> My God.
0: <laughs> so, I wanted to say, mm-hmm. in an earlier episode, I said that Jennifer Connelly, who was in Labyrinth, that great movie with, oh my God, what's the man who's who sings the song Changes? Ooh, uh, da, na, 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 na. what is his name? Um, uh, um, where? well let me not let me not say anything because i'm about to correct some mistakes i just made so let me not get his name wrong too so anyway i said (laughs) Jennifer connelly was the same woman in cruel intentions which i described as a movie similar Mm -hmm. to the gilded six-bit go watch the episode with curtis i guess you can't Mm -hmm. watch it but you can listen to it um where two people make a deal with a millionaire and the millionaire will give them a million dollars if he can sleep with the young woman in the relationship well that okay. movie is actually a dangerous liaison with demi moore and woody harrelson although demi moore looks a lot like jennifer connelly but she is huh. not jennifer connelly i know <laughs> i looked up later and i was like that is not jennifer connelly it's like, are you
1: sure that isn't jennifer connelly it was like, I, I feel it's give I, I was you're like, sure you're okay ways.
0: but more importantly than that Neither of them are in the movie Cruel Intentions, which has Reese Witherspoon and that girl from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Mm. which also has a bet in it, but it's a completely different bet and then <laughs> i know everyone's like really but then also, <laughs> wait what episode did you say i can't even this? remember oh Six but then ah, also yes. <laughs> in grace of kings by yes. ken lu i said that they were this is this one's probably more important than this like you know what what actor is does and doesn't look like <laughs> them anymore but um i said that they were three classic chinese novels but they're actually four Mm, uh, okay. there is journey to the west which i mentioned there is dream of the red chamber which i said was a red pagoda it's not a pagoda it's a chamber uh, although mm. in the book it's a multi-level chamber which i feel is kind of like a pagoda but i'm not about to like go against the translation gods to say i'm that, not even my-
1: gonna <laughs> pretend like i know what a pagoda is i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. it's like a
0: little- I'm- Anyway, let me again. <laughs> I was wrong last time, so let me not pretend I'm right this time. So, and there's also, oh my romance, god, <laughs> Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and there's the Water Margins. Yes. So just so you know, there are four, not three. Jennifer Connolly was not in Cruel Intentions, <laughs> or Dangerous <is> Liaisons. <laughs> But Marcy, <laughs> and it's important, the reason I do this is because we put things on the internet, but it's important right. to make sure things are somewhat correct, you know, not that any of y'all are taking us as fact, but you know, it's important mm. and uh, I want to embody that. Whatever I like that, that
1: accountability practice. I really like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Marcy, what's a mistake that you've made? It could be a light mistake. Uh, mm. but honestly, given the tone, it should probably be a light mistake that you've made or something <laughs> that <laughs> you thought was true for a long time and realized it was excessively false
1: <laughs> oh oh my god oh i love i really like this question okay so e- so either a mistake i've made or something i thought was true for like mad long but like isn't yep 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 hmm, 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 hmm. oh my gosh i'm trying to think i'm like do i make mistakes Like, <laughs> <laughs> a bitch might like be perfect.
0: i've never made a mistake before actually
1: ever um why don't you go first? I feel like I need to think a little bit about this one. Weirdly enough, like these philosophical questions, I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, I got it. And like this, I'm like, I, I need time. <laughs> <It's just> like,
0: <laughs> uh, well, besides the ones I just mentioned, I mm-hmm. I think it's like the Mandela effect, they call it. But... um. With the Berenstein Bears, I must admit, I when they were like, no, the Berenstein Bears is not spelled that way. I really did. <laughs> I thought I, I was like, you guys are lying to me. You're, you're lying. It's been spelled right. that way from the from the word jump, and they're like, no, it was just incursive, and the kids were confused. And mm-hmm. I like, I could not <laughs> let go of this, but luckily i wasn't alone on that one when i saw other people were also confused i was like oh thank goodness i'm not alone
1: (laughs) 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 could you imagine the embarrassment
0: but also like why the baron's team bears of all the um, i know i'm saying it wrong even as we say this but like why Mm. that why are we all confused on that book in particular i don't know we were all the same scholastic book fair i guess (laughs) like
1: Mm interesting interesting yeah i guess like i feel like i might have mentioned this on the show and if i have i I apologize but like did i ever talk about the whole like thick versus thin thing and i just thought that they were the same word
0: no you told me offline
1: ah yes perfect oh delicious okay so (laughs) literally when i was like younger um I, like, yeah, so, like, the words thin and thick, I just assumed both meant thin. I was, like, oh, so, like, in the way that, like, words have, like, synonyms, like, thick is just a synonym for thin. (laughs) Like, duh, girl, like, what? And so I, like, just walked around, like, really just truly living my life thinking that, um, which is, like, fine. That's, like, that's a mood, you know? And I remember one day I was like, I don't even know what, I, it, it truly felt like a fucking like divine intervention. Like I was just like looking at a dictionary, looking at something completely different, like didn't even start with the letter T. And I was like, let me just look up the word thick. Cause I've never like fully looked it up, but like, I'm pretty sure I'm right, but girl, I'm just going to look <laughs> just to confirm <laughs> that it still means thin bitch. And I literally went and then the dictionary was like, um, so they're actually like, the girl, opposite. they're actually opposite. <laughs> like they actually mean like, so take the opposite of thin. That's what thick means like i know you're like 10 11 12 13 14 like, and have been thinking that for a really long time but girl now is the time to change and i'm like well I, there we go there we go shit and honestly to this day i feel like i still kind of do this like with words that like i've been using for a while i'll just like randomly look them up and i'm like
0: mm, just to check does this just- word
1: still mean the same thing that i <laughs> thought it meant and i feel like it literally started from that moment where i was like wow like i'm so like this is so odd. like and i was like and I, I was just looking around my community like so y'all, y'all have been witnessing me <laughs> misusing this word for years. No one, no one, no one felt the oh need to be like, God. hey, sis, um, I know it's embarrassing, but like, girl, that's not that's not what that word means. Like, like so I would have cute. listened to like, why did no <laughs> one care? Like, oh my God, like literally needed community intervention and no one intervened. And here we are. I'm so dead. I'm just embarrassed still, but it's fine. I mean, that was like, I think I was what? Like, you I think
0: were a child.
1: I was like a child. I was like, yeah. I think I was like, maybe like, yeah, 9, 10, 11 years old, something like that. But I was like, ooh. Well, here we are. The more you know, and the then I did the little like rainbow thing, you know. <laughs> so, um,
0: I was gonna say on that note, I I feel like first of all you're a child, and also I mean I feel like people you, like use th- thick for like a baddie, you know, and so like Ooh. maybe you were just it was just cultural context, you know, like mm-hmm. um, everyone's like nah, nah that's not. It. But I, I think I think that's like something you were to just be said. Wrong. About that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I mean, what I was gonna say was, as as a kid, just to so you don't feel so alone, I used to call breakfast breakfast,
1: um, like F I S S.
0: Yeah, like breakfast. Like I just I don't. And so one day, my father took me out for lunch, or I think, mm. I don't think I think it was like go to work with your father day or something.
1: That's cute.
0: I was very adorable, and I was safe, no, it was well, it was, he took me out for breakfast. I'm sorry, but <laughs> um, obviously, this is that's why this came up. <laughs> And I was like, Oh boy, like, he took it over for lunch. What? Okay,
1: but anyway, um,
0: and I, I was saying I think I was seven or eight or something. And I was like, Oh boy, breakfast, breakfast, breakfast. And my father stopped and he looked at me and I, <laughs> my father has given me looks like this before, but this was probably one of the first times in my life. And he said, what did you say? And I said, breakfast. And he was like, it's not, it's not breakfast. It's breakfast. And I was like, no it's not and he was, like,
1: <laughs> you're he was lying. like
0: he was like are you gonna argue <laughs> <Just look laughs> you are gonna argue with me okay <laughs> and he was like it's like breaking a fast okay like you that's where the word derives from night oh my god it's like when you're sleeping it's a fast and you wake up in the morning break fast breakfast and i was like Oh, <laughs> and he was like, "Eat your waffle," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> breakfast, breakfast, breakfast." <laughs> very adorable, to be honest. That was, is
1: that's so cute. I, I actually love that so much. It's so funny because I actually have similar stories. Just yeah, like funny enough relating to food specifically. Like growing up, like I remember, like there were just a lot of foods that I would eat. That like, I mean, there I never saw the words written down. So like, the mm. way people said them was just how I internalized it. Like for example like things like collard greens like i was like oh collard greens mm. like literally it's just collard gr- like it's it would be spelled as if to phonetically be pronounced collard greens and then it's like oh but like technically there's like a weird ard at the end and i was like that don't look right This like i literally looked at i was like this word doesn't look correct like it don't this ain't hidden and i will say there <laughs> is it i'm like also too i'm like there is like racial dynamics mm-hmm. and like white supremacy in the way that we structure language and like what is considered proper and not. So I'm not going to say agree. that the way we pronounced it was incorrect, but it's just, it, it was a little jarring saying like, Oh, I guess according to like sort of like a coded white standard English model, like the way I've been pronouncing this and like, e- like I, I literally just, I I truly just, I, this was the default. Like what? <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It was one of those things where I was like, Oh, inter- interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, so...
0: I was going to say that, you know, we forget that written language derives from spoken. Well, I mean, not always, but like spoken language develops first and then written language. And the way Come those on. are are intertwined or divorced differs depending on the, the writing on linguistic style, right? So right. English and a lot of, I guess, the romantic language are very phonetically... Derived And that has even evolved over time. Like if you remember, people used to say left. Well, we don't remember because this was the 18th century. But people <laughs> used to say left-tenant. And the reason instead of lieutenant. Um, mm. And S's and S's, S's and used to be interchangeable in people's writing style. And so mm. written language develops over time to become a standardized form. So like the right. Webster Dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary created the standard form from things that were amalgamous I hope that's the right word <laughs> and differed <laughs> from region to region watch right. next episode uh Aku would like to apologize so, for the so are So going to correct um. <laughs> but and but if you look at different languages right ones that are more character based I'll just use like Chinese as an example mm-hmm. right like the sound there is a sound component but there also it can also be divorced from sound and the images can and that's why you can see like traditional Chinese characters being used in Korea and Japan with mm. different sounds because they're more transmutable mm. away from phonetics. Yeah. Okay. You know what that's, I'm saying, people? That's
1: so interesting. Wow. That's so yeah. interesting. Hieroglyphics
0: are like that too. This, oh, I guess people would say that Chinese is also hieroglyphics, but Egyptian hieroglyphics, mm. Mayan hieroglyphics, same thing. They were both mm. could be phonetic, but also could encompass his whole phrases. Wow. The same thing with... Um, the Ashanti, then cross symbols. There's a mm-hmm. lot of them, and you know, language, the written language, develops differently in different places. Which is why the death of different languages and writing styles due to colonization and globalization is actually a tragedy. Because mm. there's, you know, with language, different language styles comes with different ways of imagining the world that could Oof. create solutions that Oof. could be, you know, quintessential for the improvement of the lives of the human race. Exactly.
1: I yeah. I agree. I agree. And it's just it's so weird just how much like people try to gatekeep language and like figure mm. and like say like oh this is standard, this is correct, this is proper, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, y'all y'all kind of doing a lot. Like girl, it's like it's really not that serious. Like it's like if 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 meaning is being conveyed, if every if there's like a shared understanding here, like that is valid and that this is not some weird derivative version of like an otherwise mm-hmm. proper Way of speaking, quote unquote, like fuck all that. Like honestly, like just like, girl, speak the way you speak, and it is what it is, girl. And like and no, it like it th- it's literally up to no one to like tell you, oh, like that's actually, you, actually, you're supposed to say, actually, you conjugate it like this, actually, actually, and it's like, girl, well,
0: oh, I think there's two, th- there's two things here. Like there's there's a. Di- Conversation and language is a communal experience, right? And right. so there's community and culture created through the explanation of words, and mm-hmm. the, you know, I think when I started to learn, and you like know this too from learning a different language. There's something intimate about the process of teaching and learning a language. We don't mm-hmm. think about it, but there is something because it's it's very self creating. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And so, but to your point, right? Like the to gatekeep that and to. I guess judge it or control it without that intimacy or love of culture community making Mm. is what's so destructive, right? Like it wouldn't be terrible if people like to correct a child and say like, Oh no, that's not how you say that. But what becomes Mm. terrible is when you go into the school systems and they use it as a way to judge and make some people more more remedial than others. And Mm. then use it as a hierarchy system to create certain classes in society as opposed to, as opposed to a, Communal conversation and like that would allow the language to evolve and to facilitate different cultures and people in different places. You know what I right. mean? Mm, and,
1: absolutely. So I don't yeah. know. And it's and it's so interesting, even then, because it's like even I guess what we would consider to be like really academic speech, or sort of like what's lauded as like a way of speaking that's you know I guess people code as like intelligent or intellectual or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. like the way in which that like people I guess communicate in those spaces and like in that way in, in ways that are like inaccessible people don't understand like mm-hmm. it just, it's esoteric for like literally no reason like right. just like it's like you're just making it hard it's like y'all are not even communicating efficiently, efficiently. Exactly. and yet somehow it's the people on the receiving ends fine. Right. because you right. are communicating in a way that is ineffective with the group that you're in front of you know what i mean like it's like that doesn't exactly. i see that a lot in the work that i do and it's like it's really frustrating because it's like you know folks are always like oh not me talking shit but like you know folks are always talking about oh you know we want to like like diversify who we work with and blah 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 and it's also just like but okay at the same time girl like it, you, you you there there needs to be an adjustment here like mm-hmm. you can't just operate the same way and just expect for you know this does somehow be more inviting to more people if it's like it, it's intentionally gatekeeping, it's, it's intentionally inaccessible, it's intentionally exactly like, power driven, and all these other things like setting up these like weird power imbalances. Anyway, girl, don't get me started. Like I just ugh. But you, I, I mean, you make yeah. a
0: correct point, and then so. there, I think about this. A, there's so many ways to think about this too, because the way that we make we me you and i don't but the way america (laughs) you know makes av this sort of non that takes away this idea that it's a completely legitimate dialect or even Mm. a language onto its own with its own syntax and grammar right that by the way sometimes translates into other languages more efficiently than english right because different languages you know translate differently into different languages Mm -hmm. um i think about that a lot when i'm watching anime i'm like why do we always translate things into standard american english when things could be better translated you know and i'm like and then i think about the fact that all the um voice actors tend to be white and i'm like there's really no reason why white americans translate onto japanese characters any more clearly or without any more uh, Mm. confusion than uh, you know a person of color but the idea of voiceover work is also just like a whole complex conversation that definitely is not happening today by the way (laughs) none of this has anything to do with the book that we're reading at all no but hey you know what we can (laughs) jump into the summary if you want
1: uh yes we can yes we can (laughs) yes so we're gonna yeah like just uh, take a break (laughs) um and we get back we'll go into the summary a part one of mexican gothic woo (laughs) Uh, And we're back. Yay, we are.
0: So, um, switching gears from things that have nothing to do with what we just talked about, we are going to give a quick summary of Mexican Gothic. So, Fabulous.
1: And, and real quick, we read up until chapter 14. For those yeah. who are reading along. I will say also, too, I saw someone on Twitter that was following along when we were reading What It Was in Malabar Hills. So, like, really? let us know if you're reading along. Like, we yeah. love that. Uh, we love that. We love to see it. Yeah,
0: y'all, like, seriously, we do. So tell us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let us know.
0: <laughs> um, technically, this is a book club. Anyway. So, when the book starts off, we are introduced to Naomi, a 22-year-old Mexican socialite living in Mexico City in the 1950s.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She is currently at a party with Hugo, but she's like not into it. She's not into Hugo or the party, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> none of it's relevant. It's really just to show that she is of a wealthier social class and educated and part of the city life, which becomes relevant in a moment right
1: and apparently hugo looks like pedro infante and it's like mad cute but she's right. like i mean i'm not that i mean you look like like you look like pedro but like i'm not really sitting here Price. Like right <laughs> right like, very <laughs> casual <laughs> so
0: when she gets home from her night about town she talks to her mm-hmm. father who they have like a tense relationship it sounds like um yeah. i think they just have a different set of priorities definitely so she learns about her cousin catalina who is away married to some mysterious man named Virgil but apparently she's she's quite sick and has been acting strangely and her father wants Naomi to check in on her and possibly bring her back to the city mm-hmm. so the reason her father is so hesitant is that Catalina's marriage to Virgil was kind of quick mm-hmm. no one knew anything about him he's just this handsome English man who lives in a mansion in the countryside that no one's ever heard of
1: he <laughs> <laughs> got
0: money apparently right he got money but um, and also they received a letter from Catalina that's kind of disturbing disconcerting um <laughs> to she put mentioned, it right she's got ghosts in there she's talking about poison and even under the best circumstance even if virgil wasn't some creepy english man who lived in the mansion <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> we got questions it's like we got a lot of follow-up questions and right. also brings up the question um so no amy's father uh do you want to Wanna help along with this with this plot or you just you just gonna sit at home? Like what like how right, you, right. do you wanna support the poison? So you're like, Oh, so my daughter, <laughs> I'll just like send you alone to this like I I just feel like we could
0: Okay. Well, I think the other issue is that Catalina really wanted to marry Virgil and the father was against it and so it was kind of like he already had his suspicions, but they wanted mm-hmm. to do it. So now it's like if I go, they're gonna be like Oh, you're trying to take her away, which actually mm. kind of is what happens. Okay. Anyway, so Catalina, just for some background, has had a really sad life. For both her parents died when she was young, and mm-hmm. that she had to move in with Naomi. Um, so Naomi, Naomi, I'm gonna say Naomi. That's mm. fine. Okay, so Naomi is awesome. <laughs> Right. This is like a Hermione, Hermione situation. Um, if I'm wrong, you know, again, next episode. So <laughs> Nomi is also very close to her and almost sees her as a big sister. So hearing all this, Nomi honestly kind of feels like she's going to go save her cousin. So she goes yeah. and she she's like, I will solve this issue. Um, she also, this is like probably important. She's also a painter, so she knows, you know, the different chemical makeups of different paints, which we wouldn't know now when we go to the store and just buy her, like water based paints from that, like you know, those little oval containers. Um, me oh wait, was, no,
1: wait, Nomi's a painter. Yeah. Huh. Um, Not me being surprised. I read the same book you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, good mean, to know truly a
0: subplot but anyway um so she (laughs) gets to the city where catalina is and she's picked up by the family driver francis who's also their cousin Mm -hmm. who drives her to this very luxurious but very god oh oh, sorry he drives her to a very luxurious gaudy manor on the top of a Mm -hmm. hill covered
1: in fog that is clearly Clearly haunted. <laughs> like, uh, like, like. So I feel like even haunted is like, oh girl, this is haunted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shit. <laughs> There's
0: like lightning cracks coming from like the clouds above, but like the city's fine. You know, like, right? A like, silent... <laughs> 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 like <laughs> drive up there.
1: Like even the ghosts are like, oh girl, I'm not really sure. trying. Right. Y'all doing a lot. Like this <laughs> is like too much.
0: And they're like, oh, you want to go to that manor? Ooh, we don't <laughs> even go to that manor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like unless I mean, yeah, Ooh. avoid it if you can. Shit
0: so everything about the the manor is a bit odd they don't use electricity mostly candlelight and they can't Mm -hmm. talk during dinner because it upsets uncle howard who is an old man who's obsessed with the ideas of blending superior (laughs) and inferior races to make a superior race that can survive in latin america (laughs) it's literally oh god yeah it's gag worthy but um so for some cultural context this type of mixing theory was prevalent in the early twentieth century with colonialists. Well, honestly, before that, like when colonialism started, and mm-hmm. I I feel like it does tie into the idea of eugenics over time. But a lot of early colonialists, mm-hmm. if you you'll see in um, in a lot of different places in India too, but there there's this idea of the mixed individual as like the most superior the best and um mm. it was this really really idea of like oh you know you take the like the survival instinctive skills of the indigenous population and the black <laughs> population and the intellect of the superior european oh man God. and it's actually really really
1: sounds as nauseating as it is <laughs> basically. yeah it's
0: pretty awful and what's actually really surprising and kind of sad is that that kind of idea does you'll see a lot of through lines to it today um, uh, in Brazil you'll hear people talking about, oh, you know, like the so I think there was a this Brazilian theory where someone was like, you know, like over time we'll like <laughs> erase the blackness into this like superior mixed person. And you kind of hear that talk today when people talk about Brazil, but they don't talk about the more negative underpinnings of it they more talk about mm. like the idea of like oh our women are so beautiful because we have like all these mixes and like mm. brazil is a huge melting pot while still ignoring you know the massive amount of rape the slavery of black and brown women and the consistent equity and equality that still is prevalent between darker and lighter skinned mm. latinx folks and people think in america you know as we move away from the one drop rule will this sort of colorism overemphasis on this like <laughs> mixed person as like the emblem of something take be the racial theory that we then move into which Mm -hmm. would be bad but i think we all know we are seeing some of that in the current day zeitgeist okay anyway after a really racist (laughs) dinner with virgil (laughs) (laughs) after that super racist dinner virgil talks to nomi and is like hey um sorry (laughs) <laughs> my, uh, my family's kind of awful. He also kind of expresses some insecurities he has about the way her father looks down on him because the family's not as prosperous as they once had been when their silver mines were working. And perhaps mm. Nomi's here to take Catalina away because I never like this union. And Nomi's <laughs> like I have to be excessively honest with you. I don't care. so At all? At, like, even a little. She doesn't say all. that because Nomi has class, but Anyway, so she talks right. to Catalina, who's okay, but she starts off, she's okay. She starts off similar to how Naomi remembers her, but suddenly mm-hmm. starts talking about how the walls can hear them and that there are ghosts and someone's in the cemetery outside. And she also like whispers to Naomi to go to town and get the special medicine for her from this woman named Marta Duval, but mm-hmm. she can't tell anyone. So she's like, don't tell anyone that you've gotten me this medicine, but I need you to get it. And Naomi's like, yeah, I'm a real one. I'll get it for you. Right. Um, I go tell nobody.
1: Don't worry. Right. Don't you worry.
0: Which is good because just at that moment, Catalina's mother in law comes in with a medicine, quote unquote, for her for her tuberculosis, quote unquote.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not tuberculosis and <in> quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's new. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and so Virgil also in that earlier conversation had said that um a doctor comes once a week. And and basically said, "Hey, why doctor don't you can see? be in quotes, like honestly. Right. Honestly, honestly facts. <laughs> comes once a week to see not only his uncle Howard who has a various number of ailments probably from being racist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just like you're actually just so racist that it Take has been corrosive sick? to your body. That's it's wild. actually that insidious, yikes.
0: Uh, and then so Virgil explained you know that also the doctor quote unquote comes to see Catalina as well (laughs) so the doctor does show up and the doctor is like yep it's definitely tuberculosis and Naomi's like I definitely had an aunt who had tuberculosis and this is not tuberculosis and the doctor's like I just really feel like this is tuberculosis and so I'm going to repeat that it's tuberculosis And our and Marcy were like we are suspicious but we're going to stay down the hill from the mountain because that hill is really creepy and that mansion is super super horrifying.
1: And truly I was like girl why are we even in the- <laughs> like it's like we like the ghosts along the way were like y'all might want to turn around like I know you're trying to do a plot summary but like maybe not like maybe just call Nomi. I know we're in like 1950 but like I don't know the syndicate do whatever the fuck people right. did then
0: like, they were like don't go up there write a letter send a, no. a carrier pigeon don't go Ooh,
1: job. even the pigeons are like oh okay I'm gonna just put it like 20 <laughs> feet away very much given social distancing it's like I'm gonna just leave it right here so I'm I'm right. like, gonna get right. it <laughs> <They> <laughs> girl I'm not just... <laughs> fucking with this at all <laughs>
0: like, leave it in a tree at the bottom of the hill like
1: Otis the pigeon was like what I won't do on <laughs> this here today is <laughs> so I can go to this house girl oh, absolutely dead. not um, <laughs> so I'm like Otis I'm not mad and oh, then like no he's like who are these random characters anyway I'm sorry <laughs> Keep
0: going. <laughs> um, speaking of random characters, although those these are actually in the book, Nomi has a terrible nightmare uh, <laughs> <laughs> where she is haunted by a woman who, instead of having a head, has this kind of glowing ball of light where her head oh, is God. supposed to be. It's very creepy. Mm-hmm. It's it's really well-written. Nope. well, well written, Very terrifying. Um, oh, definitely. And it tries to consume her before she wakes up. So Nomi is, understandably, really freaked out and hopes it's just a dream, which it's probably not. But she convinces <laughs> her. She, <laughs> She convinces Francis to let her drive to town by herself, which is against the rules. Florence was like, the only rules are you can't talk at, well, there's a lot of rules, but one of them is you can't talk at at dinner, you can't take the car by yourself, you probably shouldn't talk to the local populace, and we have a doctor. And Nomi was like, "Mm, okay. So she takes the car down by herself to talk to the local doctor, who agrees to see Catalina and give a second opinion. Although he does point out that the family tends to, like Florence said, have their, by the way, Florence is her, is Catalina's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so the, the doctor, the local doctor was like, hey, they have their own doctor. Also, they don't really love black and brown people being there. So I'll, I'll go, <laughs> but I can't say anyone's going to be excited to see me. She's like, cool, cool, cool. Pin on that. I got to go talk to another person. So she heads over to Marta Duval to get some medicine that she promised to get Catalina because she's mm-hmm. a real one. So, Marta is willing to give her the medicine, but as Akko, Marcy, Otis, the pigeon, that goes, <laughs> some count have all said, she's like, this medicine is not going to help you. Y'all need to leave that house. In fact, I told Catalina to leave. In fact, I thought she hadn't come back anymore because she had left. But I'll make the medicine. I'll make it with an extra dosage. But y'all should leave because the house is um, haunted, not in quotes. So, she then begins to tell <laughs> her the history of the house in which um, Uncle Howard daughter ruth shot everyone in the family her the groom her mother her aunt and uncle howard himself but he lived unfortunately because i guess the race <laughs> protected him i don't know but he lived just and made a shield or
1: something Shit. truly
0: it's like the opposite of harry potter it's like the hatred <laughs> protected you <laughs> anyway so yeah so he she would have killed the virgil as well but florence the mother-in-law kind of protected him so she also says that florence the one who doesn't like talking or driving cars tried to marry a young, you know, silver-tongued thing um, <laughs> named Richard way back in the day. But eventually, he got the life sucked out of him and ended up dying in a ravine when Francis. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're like, you're like, we're all sitting there like, no, me, don't go back up the hill, <laughs> Really, don't go up the hill. Anyway, Francis is is Richard and Florence's child.
1: So, yes. So basically, I'm sitting there with Ako, Otis, the damn doctor, everybody, mm. and Nomi's like, "Okay, cool. So thanks for that story, Marta. Um, y'all trying to head back?" And I'm like, "Girl, like, are you? Right. Did you not hear the same word? Like, I'm literally looking at Marta. Like, are you like? Nomi's like, "I'm I'm gonna head back," but um, y'all be easy. And I'm like, right. okay, "Girl, just write us every day because <laughs> at this point, like, it's like, like, you're on your own, sis. Truly, we
0: can't get back up that hill. But, but Mar- Marta does say, hey." Um, come back in a week. Hopefully, you won't because you would have left. But if you haven't, come back in a week, and I'll <laughs> give you the medicine for Catalina. And Naomi's like, "Bet, bye, y'all." And you're like, "Okay,
1: okay, girl." So, so yeah. So, what this is what I heard because I was not there to witness this, <laughs> but apparently, Naomi no, went back to the house. And had this, like, insipid, awkward-ass dinner with Florence and maybe Francis. I don't know. Maybe. Florence was there, at least. <laughs> and Florence was definitely, like, so Naomi walks in, and she's like, hey, y'all, how you doing? And Florence just immediately starts going cool. in. Like, she's like. So, girl, I told you no smoking in this goddamn house. I was smelling cigarettes upstairs. I told you not to take my car without permission. Yet here Mm. you are with my car without my permission. (laughs) And also, you are trying to talk to me at dinner. And it is, has it not been expressed that we do not talk at dinner? Like, so you're actually just the worst? And then Noemi's like, wow, so we're keeping score. Oh, so we're (laughs) a referee now. Okay, cool, cool. Heard you, bet. So it's really awkward, obviously, um, after dinner. Everyone goes to Uncle Howard's room for some reasons. reason. Like, right. I don't know why. <laughs> Whatever. So they're there. And then uh, Uncle Howard just does this whole thing talking about, um, I guess, how, like, Catalina, you know, Noemi's cousin looks more, like, I guess, quote, unquote, European and has, like, these sort of, like, lighter features, like, hair and eyes. But Noemi's, like, you know, has these, like, sort of darker features. And Noemi's, like, yeah, like, I'm indigenous Mexican, like, on my mother's side. And then Howard's like, "Ooh, that's so fun and exotic," and I'm like, "Wow, oh, no. yikes! It's like <laughs> like Jesus those. Christ!" Um. Anyway, so that happened for some reason. I I, I don't know why, but it did. <laughs> anyway, then afterwards, um. So okay, so so as far as like like the family tree, Uncle Howard, he like goes on this whole thing where he was like he was married to a woman named Agnes, but then mm. later. Like married her sister Alice, like her younger sister. Granted, I don't know how old Alice was when they got married, nope. but that's that's what happened. Agnes died really like kind of early in their marriage. Like they weren't married for that long. He was mostly with Alice, mm. um, and like Ako said, basically is Florence Uncle Howard's daughter? Is that a thing? I don't. Uh, I think it's his sister,
0: maybe, maybe his cousin.
1: I, I, yeah, maybe like his sister's child, and then like yeah. Virgil is his child. Catalina is Virgil's wife. Francis is is Florence's child.
0: Right. Yes. Sorry. So I guess
1: it's the... But Virgil's parents are dead? Well, if Virgil is... <laughs> Virgil is Howard's son, then only his mom died.
0: Yes. Were,
1: were Ruth and Virgil related were they like brother and sister
0: wait so howard uncle howard's
1: (laughs) daughter is ruth
0: sorry y'all we should have figured this out but it's fine no yeah uncle howard is ruth's father yeah
1: yes yeah that is true yes
0: okay and then is florence her sister
1: is is florence ruth's sister yeah or is florence ruth's i feel like florence is ruth's cousin cousin or something i think that's true or maybe
0: I think actually Ruth and Florence were the same age because she when. Oh, really? Because okay, she went to that... marry that young thing. And it looks like Virgil and Francis are the same age.
1: Mm, or the same yeah. ge-
0: generation. So I think that Ruth and Florence were cousins. Mm. Um, gotcha. Ruth, But then Ruth killed. Did Ruth kill Virgil's. Who is Virgil? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, we, um, all these people are related in different ways. <laughs> yeah, they're we'll just, related. we'll just say that. we not we'll, sure how. We'll clarify when necessary, but yeah, girl, yeah. they're all related. It's different generations. I don't know what y'all, whatever. And they're whatever. like, did y'all read the book? And we're like, we did. We anyway, did. We um, swear. so, yeah, <laughs> um, so basically, yes, yeah, so all this weird shit happens with Uncle Howard where he's like, I am racist. And we're like, wow, yikes, why are we still here? So after this, Virgil apologizes to Noemi because he was like, I guess earlier when Florence was like going in on her, like he was like agreeing and he was like, oh girl, sorry about that. But you know, she's just like real particular, you know, they just real particular in this house. And Noemi's like, I actually don't, I don't care. Um. Yeah. So that night, Noemi has another nightmare where this time she dreamt that Virgil and Howard started like undressing her in her sleep yeah. and she had like sleep paralysis and it was like this weird like sexual assault moment and i was just like oh my god no I Amy, mean, please get the fuck out but please um leave. but yeah so the local doctor so the doctor from earlier who was like um yeah so like the the doyle family because oh yeah all this whole family they're called the doyles the doyles the Doy- <laughs> like the doyle family they don't like black and brown people but here i am I'm walking in um <laughs> so he like comes in and like checks out Catalina, who at first was, like, kind of fine, but then she starts, like, you know, again, kind of talking about, like, ghosts. And she mm. was, like, oh, my God, there's, like, something in the cemetery. I need to go look. Like, holy shit. Like, this house is haunted. Then a motherfucker. And the everyone's, like, oh, my God. And so, basically, the doctor's, like, "Um, yeah, so Catalina needs some kind of, like, psychological treatment. Um, she, This tuberculosis shit thank really you. hidden. Yep. It's, it's, not, it's not have tuberculosis... He's, like, I'm a whole, whole-ass doctor. That is mm. not this ain't no damn tuberculosis. And Noam is like, I knew it. <laughs> so basically, so she tries to talk to Virgil about it. And she was like, listen, I just talked to Dr. Camarillo and he's talking about, you know, Catalina needs psychological treatment, like blah, blah blah blah. Um, and then Virgil was like, "Oh, you mean the same doctor that we don't use? Like, yeah, girl, we don't. I don't give a fuck about that." Ooh. Also, I see y'all trying to like take Catalina from me. I see through your shit, Noemi. Like, you ain't slick, girl. I know y- y'all. you never seen it for me. And Noemi's like, "Wow, so really, just trying to take care of Catalina." And then Virgil's like, "Yeah, because I get it. You know, my family. We used to have a silver mine and be really successful, but you know, we ain't as prosperous as we used to be. But it's fine, girl. Like, y'all always looking down <laughs> on us, and I'm like, wow, Virgil, you're a real." really loud loud so bring that down this is just like um dude bring it down we're doing right. too much and noemi's like i'm truly here trying to take care of mm-hmm. my damn cousin that is truly the extent to which i'm here but okay sis go off i guess so noemi goes to the cemetery to just like check it out because you know catalina's talking about the cemetery she's like okay girl let me check it out she goes to the cemetery later and it's like really foggy and like weird mm. and like at one point she just feels this like hyper sense of like foreboding. Like she feels like someone or something is like coming after her and like she has to run. So she's like running and shit, Um, runs into Francis and she's like, whoa, just <laughs> Francis. And I'm mm. like, that was no damn Francis. You know that wasn't Francis. Yeah. But okay, sis. Okay, whatever. So they have this whole conversation, um, Francis and, and Noemi, and basically like Noemi like starts flirting with him, and Francis basically implodes, which is such a mood. Like I was like, that is literally me. Like in a, in a similar situation. Then Francis also like me just starts talking about just whatever the fuck. He was just like, oh yeah, uh, Noemi, I love mushrooms. Mushrooms, mushrooms, I love mushrooms, and Noemi's like, I am so attracted to this bitch <laughs> and i was like i'm not really? gonna please nobody's love and attraction i i we love to see it Th- go ahead for instance in your damn mushrooms, <laughs> your mushrooms. Like, i don't know,
0: sis. <laughs> but we all have to have hobbies it's a hard like, time out here
1: exactly <laughs> like we're like girls a virus and they're like actually we're in 1950 like there's not a virus yet but but strangely
0: can... there is a virus in this book also true, true. Warning, y'all there's about to be a lot of talk about viruses so if you oh yeah if like, you're but anyway yeah,
1: that continue was, that wasn't i apologize so so yeah so after this like conversation that takes place between noemi and you know francis um noemi goes back to the house because she wants to like you know check in with catalina but apparently she fell asleep there's like this whole thing so at this point noemi and francis are just kind of like having this like budding relationship like they just like spend more time together they're like kind of getting to know each other francis I'm, so Noemi just straight up was like hey francis so what's what's up with this whole ruth killing her whole damn family thing like mm. what like what's up with that and i'm like "Noemi, that's like a really <laughs> charged question right, honestly right. i'm not mad um and francis also was kind of like you know what girl like i ain't even fully mad at ruth like this place will suffocate the fuck out of you mm. um i am mad at her and Noemi's like this Suspect. seems like not look at this look at me no longer being in my lane. Let me just <laughs> move on over it. Let I'm me like, switch real quick. Cause this ain't really, Um, it's some history behind what you just said, but okay, right. I'm gonna just, just pay it. It's fine. Whatever. Um, So yes, this whole thing. Oh yeah. At one point, Noemi like cleans. So girl, we, we can skip that. Um, yeah. Anyways, so, so later, <laughs> um, so later, so later that night, Noemi ends up sleepwalking out of nowhere. Like, which is something that she hasn't done in like, since she was like a child, yeah. And during it, she had this like whole nightmare about Ruth like killing her family and stuff. Virgil like you know sees her in the hallway like walking around, wakes her but up. But it's like
0: a little creepy that Virgil's in the hall because it's a completely black hallway because again they don't have electricity and it's yeah. just Virgil at the end of the
1: hallway with like a lantern. And you're like, what are you? Which is like deeply unsettling yeah, and it's also like, too. There's like moaning that Noemi hears. She's like, right. what the fuck is that moaning? And Virgil's like, oh, you know, girl, Uncle Howard, you know. He going through it. and She's like, oh, I guess. I guess. And I'm like, and again, I mean, me, Otis, Akko, right. the doctor, we all chilling back right. in the village. We're not, not here. Not being haunted. <laughs> but we're also like, damn girl, I really hope Noemi's okay. Because like, that is some <laughs> shit that I'm like, that sounds awful. Like, and also, dinner, you sh- like, <laughs> like, maybe like leave. <laughs> like, we're just like, right. we're just like watching. Like, we're just eating popcorn, like playing cards. Like, just, like <laughs> truly unbothered. Um, And I'm like, yeah, like, Noemi, maybe leave this this house. But.
0: But I guess you know still there. And like
1: she's still there, I guess, trying to do something. But anyway, so the next day, Francis like drops Noemi in town, and like she goes to Marta Duvall, and he's like, "Hey, like." Got my medicine, and Marta's like, Hey, uh, yeah, you still in that goddamn haunted house? <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, girl, still in it. And she's like, I mean, okay, okay, sis. Um, and while they're there, they end up having this whole full conversation about what happened with Ruth because before that, it was like, like, Noemi knew that Ruth killed pretty much her whole family, but like, didn't really know the details. So, here's let's see. And <clears> this <throat> is this
0: is where we start talking about a virus, okay? So, yes, yes, knows.
1: thank you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so. T- licks finger turns page so basically back in the day howard had a brother so uncle howard like had a brother named leland um who came to mexico to basically colonize and um build these like large silver mines so they originally only hired like englishmen to work there but then randomly they kind of came down with this like mysterious illness and died like pretty much all died. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they started hiring more locals who also came down to the same mysterious illness and died. Around the same time, there was this local uh, man named Aurelio who initiated a strike because basically, I mean, Howard and Leland employed these people, I guess, but, like, treated them, Mm -hmm. like, horrendously. And so... But also, like, strangely, they would
0: only treat them with their doctor.
1: Yes. So... It's and weird. also, too, coincided with the whole, like, mysterious illness and everyone's mm-hmm. dying and all this other shit. In a way that I would imagine is maybe some more Catalina, but we can talk mm-hmm. about that later. Um, And so it's this whole thing. Aurelio's like, y'all got me fucked up. Because um, most people usually are like, okay, girl, like, it's work. So I'm just, I'm not really going to say nothing. But, like, y'all do kind of have me fucked up. Aurelio says something about it. So
0: right. he initiates
1: this whole strike. The strike is initially successful. But then later, Aurelio's just found dead under completely mysterious circumstances the look on his face it looked like he died from like fright right and so clearly the family killed him or has something to do with his death and then people Mm. were like you know what i'm gonna just not strike no more around the same time so agnes who was howard's first wife died i guess also of the same illness too so this at this point he's married to alice who's agnes's sister i wish we had a flow chart but it's fine we go make it work (laughs) so Alice and Howard have a daughter named Ruth, who's basically supposed to marry her cousin, Michael, who is Leland's son, right? Mm -hmm. So just keep that all in mind. But but Aurelio, the guy who started the strike, had a son, oh, actually, no, had a nephew named Benito who worked at the same house. And essentially, long story short, Benito and Ruth fell in love. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing, Howard found out and was pissed. He almost killed Ruth. And then Benito just disappeared just uh, randomly just wasn't there anymore and they're like yeah you just vanished and i'm like people don't just vanish vanish so ruth was like oh heard you so then she <laughs> proceeds to kill her uncle leland her mother alice I yes believe so, alice yeah. um yes alice and howard <laughs> yeah so she kills her mother alice she kills her uncle leland she kills her cousin, Michael, who was supposed to be her groom. She kills mm-hmm. her aunt, which I don't know who that is. And then she she shoots Howard, doesn't kill him. Florence right. and Virgil narrowly escape death. It's this whole thing. Um, mind you, Marta's telling Noemi all this. And Noemi's like, bro, that's wild. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back s- up to that house. <laughs> right. She's like, oh, girl, but you got you got that tonic, though, right? And, and Marta's like, hey, did you not hear the word? And she's like, oh, but you, you got my tonic, though? She was like. Yeah, girl, here, yeah. take your goddamn tonic today. <laughs> I'm Catalina in this haunted-ass house, girl, whatever. So Noemi's, like, walking back to the house. She's like, yo, that's wild. AF, like, but mm-hmm. <laughs> So at this point, Noemi gets home, and she wants to, like, play cards with Catalina, which is something that, like, you know, they used to do back in the day. They're having a whole little, like, um, casino night is what they called it. And she gives Catalina the tonic that she got from Marta, and like Catalina took like four tablespoons, like which is kind of a lot. Like she was like, No, means like okay, maybe maybe slow down a little bit, especially since
0: I think Marta made it extra strong. And oh yeah,
1: I don't think Catalina knows that. Continue. Yeah. So at this point, Catalina starts seizing, like, really violently. And it's, like, yeah. legitimately extremely terrifying. Um, Florence and Francis come in and handle the situation. Later, the doctor, the family, the Doyle doctor, not the actual doctor, comes mm-hmm. in and with Florence. And basically, they, like, tell off Noemi. Like, at one point, Florence was like, girl, I should just slap you across your fucking face. And I was like, okay, maybe. Um, Don't don't do that like what Um, and they're trying to interrogate her and be like where did you get this fucking tonic like where did, like who gave this shit to you and Noemi's like look I, I am a lot of things I ain't no snitch mm-hmm. ain't no damn y'all ain't gonna no, nothing girl nothing <laughs> they were like okay whatever and then at one point Virgil comes in and he's trying to like intimidate her and like all this other shit and it's just like shitty because it's like obviously Noemi is like devastated that like she yeah. like caused this harm she's like fuck like I didn't even I did not even realize that this had the potential to be this like dangerous so it's like a lot going on. The family's super pissed at knowing me for giving this to Catalina. Personally, I have theories around why that is. Um, right. That are a little bit beneath the surface, but we'll talk about that in a second because that's where part one ends. So, let's take a little bit of a break and when yeah. we get back, we'll go to all the thoughts and feelings because <laughs> I have so many. See y'all <laughs> in a bit. Well, Back. Woo! Yes. So, like we always do, we'll just kind of go into our general thoughts and impressions and then kind of get into the nitty-gritty from there. So, this book is <laughs> this book is really interesting. I will say, okay. I think, I mean, it's absolutely a slow burn as far as like how it kind of goes along and the book is very cyclical essentially mm. what happens is that Noemi gets up puts on like some kind of lit ass outfit like the descriptions of the outfits i'd be living for like she puts on like this it's like really true. dope outfit she like goes about the house breaks some kind of rule that's not even really like in, in a way that's not even really unreasonable like she's just like being a person mm. florence gets mad at her it's this whole thing it's like awkward virgil like either is apologizes or is angry but like it, again that is even in, in itself cyclical. Howard yeah. has something racist. Francis is usually somewhat supportive. She, like, leaves, comes back. Marta's like, hey, girl, maybe don't ever go back. And she's like, oh, but I'm Catalina. And then she sees Catalina occasionally. She has a nightmare and it pretty much kind of just repeats from there. It's just very cyclical. But you see the growing discomfort and tension like i want to say the mm. first like the very first things that she would notice like she she would like no would first off notice things like oh like the curtains are kind of like moldy and like everything's just kind of damp and it's like kind of cold and like you know it just it felt yeah. eerie but it didn't feel like weird and then the nightmares are just getting increasingly alarming like with this like headless woman and this like sexual assault and like all these other like the, the sleepwalking it's like she's it's like this slow dissension into yeah, we're. It's getting. It's only getting worse. And it. And at this point, it's also like I feel like as a reader, you're kind of reading it, and you're like, "Is it?" It feels intentional to me to kind of like it's mm-hmm. like it's like it's like the dragging on of like being in this house. Like as a reader, you're like, "Girl, I am tired reading this right. book. Not tired of it. Like it's not like I like I don't like it necessarily, but it's just like, girl, I don't mind. like. It's just it just it, it it does something with your energy levels in a way that like I feel like is really effective." And it's just one of those things where I'm like, no, Amy, I get it. But, like, why are you in this motherfucking house? Like, I just cannot, (laughs) I can't, I cannot fully, we can. I could put a show, we could put a pin in that and talk about that later, but that's really my mm-hmm. biggest question. We really, did this up to this point. Like, it's a really, it's interesting kind of like how things ascend into like horror and all of that. But like, I guess the through line here and the reason why Noemi is like putting up with this is still a little, I still don't fully understand why she's there. So for me, I'm like, maybe leave and like try to like bring, or like come back with support, come back right. with resources. Cause mm, like, that's a good point. I, that might be more effective than like just staying in the same house as Catalina in this like really oppressive, like awful environment. So, so, yeah, it's interesting. Still got some questions, some other points to mention. But, yeah, but those are my, like, kind of general general thoughts. What do you think, Akko?
0: Yeah, I like this book. I think it's really atmospheric. I think the writing style Definitely. Is, is super descriptive in a way that is captivating. And it it's like this feeling of eerie disconcertingness but you can't mm. quite put your finger on it that I think the author is really excelling at. Yeah. Um, her descriptions of the nightmares are are quite terrifying. I mean, there's a point where she's talking about the paint, this yellow paint on the wall and then it lifts off the wall and starts to kind of congeal on the headless body of this mm. woman. It's very terrifying. So I love that and it's very slow paced. Uh, your point, Marcy, about it being very cyclical, I... I think you're right, and I, I didn't even think about this until you said it. But it adds to this sort of mundane, sort of outside mm. of time concept, where it's this mansion that's isolated, yes. and secluded. That's everything happens the same way every day. It's almost like they wouldn't even have to do be there for like the dinner time to ring and for right. the dinner to be served. Like you could just remove the people, and all those things would still happen. Like like a oh clock, my god, which yeah, is terrifying. Um, and the author Shit. really kind of portrays that well in the story sort of haunting this. And mm-hmm. then it's it's so interesting to have Nomi there as this very lively, very bright, very mm-hmm. um flamboyant character who's so vivid and interesting in this place that's so dull and 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 mm. and, and you know, as you said, damp and wet and cold. Yeah. <laughs> and um the, the the I don't wanna say juxtaposition. The contrast. <laughs> 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 we, we were talking about linguistics earlier. The contrast of <laughs> the two characters is really effective, <laughs> right? And I, I really like that about the story. Um, so thank you for pointing that out because it really helped me. Like really think about what i liked about the story and and it's true right because everything she's doing is going off of this the cycle and that's what's pissing them off like yeah. she takes the car without asking she smokes and she does all you know and even the idea of, like the smoke like it's like a fire in a place that's so wet
1: and damp mm. and cold Ooh. is
0: there's so much to it? her her lively dress and the place is so dreary yes um, um so i really really liked those aspects of the story and there is something mysterious like i have no idea What's coming? No, I mean I have theories. Some of them a little bit Mm. more off, you know, wild than others. (laughs) But um, so I, I did wonder why she was still there. The reason I think she's still there is Catalina, and I think Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to feel like she's leaving her, especially now that she sees how creepy Mm. this place is. I don't think she thinks there's a lot of time. So, and then I also think that there's also something spellbinding about the place. Like I think even though she's kind of the way Richard stayed with um Florence and eventually mm-hmm. disappeared. I think there's something. There's something because you can kind of tell her. We didn't really talk about, it, but even though we talked about Francis and his mushrooms, um, Nomi's also. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, this like that made the cut somehow. Okay, right. But 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 Nomi is falling for Francis. I think in a way, or at least intrigued by him, or is drawn to him. There's something spellbinding about this place, and it feels like sitting in a bathtub while the water gets hotter and hotter, um, mm. and you don't think you're in danger, but you're actually like. Slow being scolded. By the way, oh. you're not supposed to cook lobsters that way, guys. Uh, don't do that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like a common misconception, but it's actually inhumane. Just kill your lobsters. Yeah.
1: Just kill them before boiling them?
0: Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I think so. Check with a, a chef, but I know you're definitely not supposed to do that. Like, I don't even think you're supposed to throw them in hot water either. I think there's a different way that people are like, this is a way more way to- <laughs> humane way to kill lobsters. What a subplot. <laughs> How did you feel? I know we both had feelings about her Nomi being, a, like, a very hyper femme protagonist.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love. I just... Oh, my God. I, I'm so... It's so nice and refreshing to, like, see a really feminine, like, high femme protagonist that, like, is just unapologetic in that and, like, just doesn't, I guess, bend to sort of the pressures of, like, you know, I guess what society says her values should be and things like that. Like Noemi's always talking about how like, for example, people will assume like, oh, like because you express yourself like this and like you care about like parties and socializing and having fun and da da da. Like they just assume that like, you know, when she's like, oh like I'm going like I'm going to grad school, they're like, what? She's like, girl, I can walk at you gum. Like I don't <laughs> like y'all really sitting here acting like I can't do both right. at the same time. Like I love that she yeah, the unapologeticness of 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 how she expresses herself and just right. in in the face of all these things going on and just like the power behind that and like just like the, the 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 like self-assurance and kind of like the confidence in it. I just I really enjoy how she expresses herself. Um and even just I don't know, like I just I I love having someone like that in in a lead role. I feel like right. oftentimes sometimes there's this like Regardless of the actual gender of the protagonist, I feel like these sort of coded masculine traits, you know, like being like really like just brave above everything else or like, like, you know, these stereotypically masculine characteristics, I feel like tend to be sort of lauded or like seen as the only way of being a protagonist or like kind of leading this kind of like story and adventure. And it's, it's really nice to see not that, um... And not it being painted as, like, oh, like, Noemi's vain. Noemi's this. She's, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, people say things like that about her. But reading from her perspective and, like, understanding her psychology, you're like, oh, like, no, she's just literally just being herself, girl. And, like, it's right. actually y'all who are bugging. Like, it's like, it's really, that's, that's pretty yes. much it. So, so yeah, I, I love it. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I was going to agree. I really, when I was reading the book, I really liked her, exactly like her, you were saying, reading it from her perspective to see the difference between the way the world judges and values the uh, hyper femme person despite you know hyper femme people being over sexualized and being seen as weak and being seen as taken advantage of and also strangely seeing as like this seduction you know there's there's mm. so much laid in on there but uh, i think what the author does effectively by making it from the woman's perspective and this is the critique that i had of grace of kings is that <laughs> there's a difference <laughs> between the way the world sees you and the way someone is right and right and she has oftentimes i think in media narratives we see the male gaze on this type of woman we don't mm. see the intricacies of this type of woman who yeah she's flirtatious she likes to have go to parties. she likes to have fun that most people do you know <laughs> um, right a lot of femme people do like uh she likes pretty clothes she likes all those things but it doesn't mean she doesn't have wit it doesn't mean right. she doesn't have intellect and even i would say even if she didn't it doesn't matter either you know exactly <laughs> um but it, you know she's a nuanced character and she's not she's not she's not apologetic about her behavior but it's, she's not like overperforming it either this is just mm. who she is she likes yes. to do these things she likes to flirt and tease I kind of saw, like, I'm I'm not the most hyper-feminine hyper person, but the way she teases and flirts is, is similar to the way... I'm, I'm a very teasing person. I like to crack jokes. No mm-hmm. one could tell. Everyone was like, wow, listening to this, Akko, I never would have told that you crack jokes. I swear. <laughs>
1: um, I think
0: I'm a little more deadpan than Nomi, but that's not the point. The point is, I, I, I saw that her sort of desire to kind of embody her own erotic or emotional sexual energy and mm. walk with it with a very little shame i i was really i really like that because i do think that's a, a better picture a better okay a fuller picture of a type of woman just like praveen is a type of woman mm. no is a type of woman i really like that you know you're seeing a a full person who has her faults you know we're all over yeah. here like Nomi, why are you even in this house but you know she has her faults <laughs> <laughs> um she she takes sometimes speaks too quickly and she you know, mm-hmm. Catalina I think there's a point in the past where Catalina told her, like, you know, you you're so blunt and sharp that you can really hurt people. And and Nomi takes that into consideration when she's thinking about things she says. So she doesn't she's not always she's not like unapologetic about hurting people. You know, I mean she's mm-hmm. not like yeah. so full full into her she's not self-absorbed, right? She mm-hmm. just has a personality, she has insecurity about it, but she also likes herself. And I really right. liked that fullness of character. I also, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that she is browner and there's like so much to be said about to be a darker skinned person, to have a sexuality Mm -hmm. and the way people make you like a vixen, you know, but she's like and said she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm I'm just gonna do this the way I want to. I'm gonna flirt when I want to and I'm gonna not flirt when I don't want to and I'm really just going to do what I want. <laughs> Basically.
1: Um, and I just, I love that. I just love, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: but it's also just very, I, it's just very normal. I, I know this yeah. is hard for people to believe, but that's just what usually women do. We just do what we want. <laughs> and a lot of the oppressive things about sexism is to make us do things in the service of not what we want, not autonomously, you know? Um, right. So I thought that was. I, I think that's. It's a very subtle write, writing, but it, it's very effective, and it's I think quite accurate. Not to say that every woman acts like this, but it, accurate to say that I could see a woman who acts like this. And in fact, oh, have. absolutely, yeah, right.
1: And and it's so nice even to see. It's so funny because I remember she got into this weird argument, one of the eight thousand arguments with Virgil at some point, <laughs> and he was like you just only like you do all this just for like men's attention. And like, all you care about is like men and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, at, literally again, it's like that reframe, right? It's like, from your perspective, it's like, you see you're tying everything, all the ways that Noemi like behaves and expresses mm-hmm. herself as somehow having something to do with you, a man and just like men at large when it's like, she lit- like literally like, Noemi be picking her clothes and she's like, you know, I feel like this pattern really goes well with this one. Right. i kind of this today. Let's do it. Like, it's just, it's never like, oh, like, what's Francis gonna, like, doesn't give a fuck. Like, she literally just, it's like, I'm, I'm putting all my clothes for me, which is like, what? And even if she did put
0: them on to, to flirt with someone, also completely fine. Like, also a matter of agency.
1: Yeah. Also completely fine. And it's just like, I, I feel like it's, it's so, it almost sounds silly to say it. It's like, yes. it's like why is that even... <laughs> How is this even a point being mentioned on the Color Pages Book Club? Like, how is this something that's somehow revolutionary and, like, subversive? But, like, it actually is. Yes,
0: (laughs) exactly. And I think it's because media is so... I was watching, like, television. I was like, wow, media is so overblown with, like, the way the male gaze is viewed Mm. women to the point that we don't even think about it. We don't even... Because this is very simple. Like, this is just a very simple characteristic of a woman written (laughs) as a human being. And we're like... You know, claps all the ra- you know like but, slow
1: clapping. Like what the fuck? Uh, it's
0: painful. Um,
1: yeah, I just yeah, and it's especially with feminine expression. I feel like there's that that like you said that hyper sexualization that exactly. like dismissal. It's just yeah, I just knowing his character, I'm like you know what? Still don't know why you in this goddamn house, but you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> like me and Ako and Otis and the Doctor and Marta are just gonna be, you know what, chilling in the back, just like you know what, girl, you good? You right. need something? We'll okay, help you from
0: well. the bottom of the hill.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Send you some letters. Otis will just drop it off like 30 feet away, you know.
0: Also, you know, and another stark contrast I would like to point out is that Nomi's not there for anyone but Catalina. So she's not even Mm. there for the male attention. She has in no way expressed an interest. You know, the only people saying, look, Uncle Howard starts bringing up some stuff that doesn't make any sense. You know, Francis is over here imploding. Virgil's over (laughs) here saying what he's got to (laughs) say. Um, at no point did Nomi say anything, but I'm here for Catalina. So I don't right. know why everyone else was putting on their assumptions. And you see that they have their own. It, it, that's, you know, what's interesting too about that? Um, it makes being in Nomi's perspective so effective is we don't know the intentions of anyone else in the mm. story. And so we also are like, I don't know, Virgil said a thing. I don't know, Francis. But because, <laughs> you know, we're in Nomi's perspective and we don't have a third person view. It's a little bit creepy, but it's so interesting how easily we fell into, like, being in Nomi's perspective, right? We're like, yeah. we're not even thinking, like, yeah, we don't know what Virgil's doing. And you're like, oh, wait, that's, yeah, we're missing information ourselves. It's it's really that's interesting. That's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's kind of like when you play a video game that's in first person and it's like, Especially, like, a dungeon crawler or something horror-related. It's like, oh, like, if I turn, I don't know what the fuck I'm about to right, see. It's like right. I'm actually being given an intentionally incomplete image View. Mm-hmm. to heighten the suspense. Um, so... You know what I was thinking, Marcy? I was actually
0: thinking this would be a pretty good indie video game. Interesting. Yeah, because it's like very subtle like, you know, like there could be mysterious objects in different places, like mm. you have to go do these tasks. It's much more of like those ones where you mostly just watch it happen, but you like yeah. pick up items and like talk to Catalina and you like try to figure out a mystery.
1: Um mm. you
0: know, you talk to Martha and you just like let the slow burn. It's yeah, it's one of it's an interactive story. I could see it working really well as an interactive storytelling
1: oh definitely definitely yeah this could this would be an amazing visual novel honestly and yeah. i'm sure like i have been getting way more into visual novels and stuff lately and like yeah there's definitely a lot of like atmospheric kind of thing like very similar vibes to, yeah. to this. um there's actually one where like ooh, just speaking of subplots like there's one where you like you literally like cross a river like it's like very like you just get in a boat you cross a river and at different points people like you get on with a certain amount of people but like basically the decisions you make like people have to get out of the boat at different points and get ooh. left behind oh, and you have to like decide no. like who makes it it's like it's like I, that that one's on my list i'm like ooh if i can that figure out, if i'm
0: terrifying
1: yeah, it's yeah
0: it's yeah. that's like oregon trail but it's scarier
1: <laughs> yeah the 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 reviews are like I mean, if you don't care about how palpitations, I guess you can play the fucking Ooh. game. Like it's so terrifying, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, wish list, and it's like, there okay, are some Mar-Z, games you gotta this, play with a friend. Truly, the, the self destruction. But I'm definitely, I'm certainly interested. Um, maybe we'll this is really it. good with like representation. Anyway, that's oh, not... okay.
0: I guess if everybody dies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I might put it in the show notes, but anyway. Um, Anywho, um, I will say though, going back to the discussion, I do wish—I kind of wish that, like, and this is just personal preference—I kind of wish that the characters weren't as on the nose about being like fucking, mm. like haunted and like just like on some weird shit. Like, it's like, like it's like the moment you're introduced to Florence, you're like, oh evil great (laughs) Uh, Howard. evil amazing like it's like everyone just feels immediately suspicious and like you know that something's amiss but i kind of would have i i imagine okay what would it look like if like noemi had come to the house and everyone was like very you know initially pleasant but like slowly Mm. became more like chaotic and like harder to predict and then it's like oh not. it's like I guess I kind of like like the, the veneer of having like a smiling on the surface, like kind of like right. jovial presence, like hiding something like really sinister behind them. Like mm. I find that image really effective. So I would have kind of liked to have seen that, but like, yeah, cause I, I feel like, I don't know, Florence and them, them's energy is a little too on the nose for me, but like still effective. No, I yeah. see what
0: you're saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's like two. well, there's multiple different types of, of storytelling, but like there's this idea. I mean, there's, there's like two types of irony, right? Okay, there's multiple types of irony. I'm just going to talk about (laughs) 2 I'm sorry. There's like the irony, right, where you know, you as the audience know what's happening, but there's nothing you can do about it, you know? Right. I think that's the third person. And then there's the irony where even you don't know, like, or it's Mm. mysterious to even you. And that's what you're kind of talking about, right? Where it's like the irony of it looking so appealing and so calm, only to find out that it's actually quite sinister. Um, Right. Both of them are different styles, but in both of them, you know, it would have a different subversion, right, your story, which would be brilliant. Which is this like very seemingly and it would have a different political commentary, right? Um mm. something that seems so pleasant, so European and so maybe civilized is actually hiding something quite malicious. Mm. This one's story is different in the sense that it's almost like a very obvious danger and yet yeah. unavoidable, which is also kind of similar to a different critique of on colonialism, in which that you this intruder, these intruders, these very different people who somehow have power in your society and yet are unwelcome or, or Mm. even dangerous that the threat is very obvious and very clear. (laughs) You know, everyone in town is like, don't go up there.
1: (laughs) And yet there's
0: nothing you can do about it. You know, there's that terror of, of, and if you take it back to, to the way people were colonized, it's like this
1: slow terror, you know, there's a Mm. slow terror to it. um, Wow. And it's so interesting because it makes me think about just like the dehumanization that folks who perpetuate this kind of colonization mm. experience. And it's like you all, like zooming out, like have all the resources, y'all ain't worry about nothing. And yet, you see the humanity being like sucked out of it you know what I mean like it's it's like it feels like a I feel like there's like a like a term for this but like it feels like almost like the sinister deal where it's like okay well in exchange for the violence that y'all committed it's like you're sacrificing so much of your humanity and it's so clear and even just how isolated they are it's like you all are just so like just on this hill by yourself hoarding all these resources and like it's like y'all it's like you see someone like Noemi who just has like personality joy mm-hmm. likes music you know like just these like i would say pretty ubiquitous like personality <laughs> characteristics and it's like y'all cannot take like yeah and it's so it's so interesting seeing like the dehumanization effects of colonization and those who colonize and like how that plays out and like just how you it's like everything just feels so unfurled it's like you can't mm-hmm. even like it's like someone talking at dinner it's like you, you're just so you can't you know like it's like it's like there's such a it's a there. There is something that you give up in, in, in that process, and I, I kind of like how that is also sure. just very abundantly clear. <laughs> so yeah.
0: you're talking about a Faustian deal. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> um, I was like Freudian, and I'm like, no, don't well, say that. Well, there's a that. Freudian slip. <laughs> the Freudian slip is, you know. But anyway. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What I was gonna say is that there's something we said about when you are the terror in the night. You know what I mean? Like, Oof. there's something. What does it mean to be <laughs> the monster? To be the ghost? Right. Um, to be the horror, oh which we kind of talked about in Corey Brepp. Brad- Rudd's anthology but that was more mm. the perspective of when the world makes you the monster when mm. you are not but this is in a flip where the world does not see you as the monster that you are you know right? or they yeah. know that you're the monster and yet you don't see yourself as you know or maybe even you know you're the monster but that sinking feeling of not wanting to admit it and and there's something mm. in the way f- you know Ruth and Francis rebel against the house Ruth you know or I guess Francis co-sign of Ruth's rebellion and you know this slow feeling that they are the monsters and trying to rebel against it while you're mm. and this kind of goes back to sylvia's other book when she said you know that the one we read in the summer about what if you mm. had this history that was so dark and had to fight against it, and maybe that's what ruth is sort of
1: wow yeah, yeah. anyway that's real that's shit. <laughs> yeah so it's definitely very interesting you yeah. know we'll see what happens i do think that i appreciate what you said about why noemi is still in the house because that makes a lot of sense just the urgency of the situation mm-hmm. makes sense um like that's clearly communicated by her actions but like i guess yeah she has she hadn't like said it like girl if i leave for even a day i i, I don't know if Catalina's coming like i'm i'm right. that nervous also Catalina um,
0: doesn't want to leave too which is also like yeah. their desires are misaligned and so that's difficult
1: <laughs> i don't know right
0: because if my... like
1: girl you want to stay here of all right just, like like what? <laughs> but okay, <laughs> what? Um, I'm respected, but like I don't agree at at all. So, yeah. yeah. Any pr-
0: any predictions?
1: Yes. Okay. So, Francis is absolutely gonna go rogue in part mm. two. Like Mama is about to rise up because <laughs> it's it's only like Fran- the moment Francis is like, you know what? I kind of understand why Ruth did it. I was like, oh, right bet so i don't know how that's going to show up but i think yeah francis is absolutely going to be integral to catalina and like noemi's like exit from this house i don't think that catalina's seizure was from the tonic i think whatever weird shit is going on with their doctor that's happening currently and in, in the past i'm like y'all are perpetuating harm onto this person and i think that like they just kind of use noemi as a mm. scapegoat which was convenient but like i do think that like there's something else going on. Like, I don't know like, if they're poisoning her or whatever is happening, but yeah, it just feels like whatever Catalina's saying, I just believe like, I'm like, Oh yeah, there are people in the walls. Oh yeah. There are ghosts talking about like things, like these things are happening. Like, right. And I'm just like, you please leave. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel optimistic that everyone's going to make it out. I don't know why, but it's like interesting, I but I just, I'm like, everything's going to be Okay. So okay. what, 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 <laughs> what did you think?
0: Um, I I agree that the tonic, I, I feel like they have some type of control of, on Catalina with this quote unquote medicine for quote unquote tuberculosis. <laughs> and that the, the medicine from Marta was some type of cure. Maybe she took too much because she didn't know it was strong mm. enough. I don't know. but like, right. Or maybe it's like loosening their hold on her. And so that's why they were freaking out. Because mm. it, it does say that Catalina is altered in some way. I, I'm not sure about Francis. I don't know if Francis is the good guy or the ultimate villain. I'm like, I'm sure. Because I just remember when they were in the fog or Nomi was in the fog and then Francis just showed up. I was like, you are either the best or the worst person. I'm not sure.
1: That's a, that's a take. Because then also too, it would justify, it's like, you know, you clearly don't like being here. Like, you know, maybe...
0: You're right in with
1: these people, like, or maybe, or maybe sorry, I was gonna say maybe
0: he's supposed to inherit some type of throne that he doesn't want. You know, mm. like so it's either that. I think there's a possibility that they're all ghosts. All of them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it, um, love to see it. Or, or, and this one's a hot take: they're vampires. Re okay. Because here's what I'm thinking about them being vampires, right? There, there's a silver... And maybe they don't know. Maybe they do know. But there's a silver mine. And I feel like silver mines are bad for vampires. And maybe that's why everyone was getting sick. Like, maybe they were sucking people's blood who worked there. And then that made them susceptible oh. to the silver. And then, like, <gasps> that's why people were dying. You know, I just feel like there's something oh about... Anyway, we're going to read this book and then we're like, no one was a vampire. <laughs> Zero. But what?
1: I have confidence in that theory. That um, actually, I feel like it tracks. So. We also
0: haven't seen a single mirror since we got here. I'm just saying. Ooh, speak on it. But just because something's not in a book doesn't mean it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know there's a lot of we also didn't see any werewolves either it doesn't mean there's gonna be <laughs> werewolves in the second half.
1: <laughs> like sylvia's like i mean i just didn't feel the need to be like, oh and then no <laughs> passed to me or like it just wasn't it was so inconsequential i was like you know what like, girl right. we actually don't need to mention we, that we already detail. got the stuff
0: about mushrooms but it, there's just this interesting scene also sorry the point where <laughs> um where florence asks Noemi to clean the silver I, Ooh! You know, like the 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 tableware.
1: So I did skip that in the summary, but maybe.
0: I mean, I just it just seems so provincial that it was like, is this significant? It's is it so not important that it's important? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Uh, huh. Well,
0: yeah, but hey, you know, y'all, if you have your own theories. so what happens at the second half of mexican gothic let us know (laughs) at the colored pages or on instagram at these colored pages um we have a link tree that tells you what's reading what we're reading next if you want to join us in our little i don't know book club escapade and (laughs) hey we got an email these colored pages at gmail.com
1: you know check out our website Mm thesecoloredpages.com yeah yeah and honestly, if this show, you know, this episode brought you any love, light, delight, and, you know, you just want to leave us some love or whatever, whatever, Ooh. definitely, you know, shoot should, should us a little like a comment, or, like a rating and or like a review moment, like wherever mm-hmm. you're listening to this podcast, it could be Apple Podcasts or not, that's hey, fine. Marcy, did you know we
0: got to, we got to 30?
1: We did get to 30. Yeah. You know what? We were like, can y'all get us to 30? And we did. So thank y'all very much. And I will say too, if there's anyone in your life that, you know, you're like, you know what? this person will live for this episode or whatever episode, please share it. We love to see it. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, just it helps our community to expand and become even, even stronger. So, yes, yeah, so certainly we appreciate any efforts there. And, yeah, next time we'll just be talking about the rest of Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. But until then, Ako, should we leave our listeners with anything else before we head out?
0: Yeah, just until we see you next time, just remember to... Stay colorful!